0: Pastors and other leaders in ministry are often under so much stress that they find themselves hanging on by a thread, oftentimes for years living that way. And they're they're just cl- so close to burnout from exhaustion or maybe like a blowout morally. And this is a huge problem facing the church today. The, think about it. The constant expectations that people put on their pastors and their families and that pastors put on themselves, it can be devastating. Pastors are expected to be like on and ready to give stellar leadership and never-ending compassion and awe-inspiring messages and anointed prayers and non-stop words of encouragement pretty much all the time, not just on Sundays. And living this way and feeling the constant pressure to perform and move the needle up and to the right contributes to many leaders becoming stressed and depressed or even worse, caught in compulsive and sinful behavior. Or, or they may find themselves feeling so spiritually dry and tired of ministry and angry at God and stuck in their careers or just really burned out.
1: To the Everyday Disciple Podcast, where you'll learn how to live with greater intentionality and an integrated faith that naturally fits into every area of life. In other words, discipleship as a lifestyle. This is the stuff your parents, pastors, and seminary professors probably forgot to tell you. And now, here's your host, Cesar Kalinowski. Keith, man, I've seen a lot of you the last few days. This Wasn't is that such a good time, man. This is
0: good news. How about how great was cigars
1: and theology live? Yeah, it was amazing. It was so cool to finally meet people that we know have listened to the show, people we've interacted with online. A bunch have, of
0: my coaching buddies, right? Yeah. Guys that we coach. I know, really swinging cool. swinging out
1: here, smoking some cigars, enjoying some drinks. If you did, if you missed it, you missed it. <laughs> yeah. It's funny because we already have people asking, like, would you guys do this again? Yeah. And it's like, well, we'll see. Like, I'd sure we'll like just, to. It'd be fun. I'd sure love to pass on how we do that and why it works the way it did anyway. So yeah. thanks to everybody who came and, woo, how fun was that? Yeah, All well, right. Uh, hey, today we are uh, burning cigars to burn out in the church, right? The, yeah. Jeez, there's a good tie-in, huh? <laughs> yeah. This is kind of a dark topic today a little bit. But I think it's something that needs to be discussed. And I know you and I actually wrestled back and forth with... Is this, is this a show we really want to do with the ramifications? We don't know everything that's kind of going on. But, but today's topic actually came out of us observing a growing number of really visible, highly visible faith leaders that are now either resigning or being fired or walking away from the faith, saying everything from, I just don't find the faith beautiful anymore or it's not for me. Um... What what is going on? Yeah, what is going on?
0: Well, let me just say up front, this is not going to be one of those "do these five things and it'll bulletproof your ministry" kind of episodes, okay? Because the issues that people are facing are so much more complex than that, okay? okay. So, because like like you just said, we we're we're we've watched, and we're not going to name names, by the way, because we don't know most of these people personally. Some of them we do, sure. but most of them personally. But we're watching people who are like big decades-long, high-level leaders, well-known. Everybody would know every name that we're thinking of, and you got your own names. But, like, be fired, fall from, you know, like they're not living the right sin, leaving their marriages abuses uh, addictions or just plain walking away and going I don't think I believe this anymore like what you know and so there's been so much of it so all those reasons are different but there are some common threads I think and that's what you and I were talking about And so we're like you know I think we need to talk about for whatever the reason there is a lot of leaders bailing or being bailed you know sent away
1: and it's not good man it's just not good I know for you man you've spent so many years in ministry in different contexts. And I'm just curious if you've actually, if that hits close to home, because I'm sure you've been around people that have, have been in the same situation or maybe even yourself.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, I've seen lots of it and I felt the weight and the pull on myself. I, Mm. I can't, I can't, you know, say I haven't, but when it seemed overwhelming, it was always because I, or we as a team were pursuing quote unquote ministry activity that Jesus never asked us to do. Yep. Or he did ask us, but we find ourselves doing it in our own strength, trying to, you know, look good and impress the wrong people and stuff. So yes, I have seen people burn out or have been put out of ministry. Um, you know, it, it happens and I've seen people well restored. I've seen people just chuck it, all that, but there is that common thread that what they're pursuing is not necessarily like I said, for us, when we felt close to that edge, was like, "What we're not." Jesus didn't ask us to do all this. How do we find ourselves so focused on the wrong stuff? Hmm. <laughs> and and sometimes it's like, and why did we buy that building? And why did we do this? And how can we have so much money now? We owe on that, and that's not even ministry. That has nothing to do with the mission, you know. Yeah. So, yeah,
1: I can feel this. This feels close enough to me to feel real. I'm coming out of a season of working in an institutional church where I felt the same same thing. I was having lunch today, even with William, uh, our buddy, and was just saying the exhaustion of of having to pull off you know fifteen Christmas services and then you get a week off or you're working well into midnight on Christmas Eve and then you got to get up Sunday morning and do it again. And... Yeah.
0: Oh, dude, I know. We've known each other yeah. for years, and it's like <laughs> you know what it's like.
1: You're just like the paper thin, you know. But when I look at at the life that I was living recently. And, and then I contrast that with the life of Jesus that we see in Scripture. I don't see many examples of people around Jesus being burnt out because he's exhausting them to the point of, of no, burnout, right? Right. We really don't have any examples of people in Jesus' life
0: and ministry, uh, or people on his, quote, ministry team burning out, you know? Uh, and we have Judas. That was a whole different story. So, you know, whatever. Sure. And, and maybe, maybe, just maybe, it was because Jesus wasn't taking his orders from the existing Pharisaical lead team, you know? Hmm. The the board was not, you know, he wasn't (laughs) submitting it, right? Jesus was always in communion and communication with his father, always taking time to spend time with his dad. Hmm. And Jesus also taught us to go to the source for our strength, right? Yeah. I mean, take a moment, just soak up what Jesus invited his disciples when they were doing ministry and it was getting busy. This is from Mark 6. Like, here's what he says to them. He goes, then, because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest.
1: It's right? I mean, very just, different than show back up Monday morning and do it all over again. Or like,
0: hey, don't worry, <laughs> once we get through with the fourth service today, then we'll go ahead and we'll debrief all that, and then Monday we'll be back on it again, yeah. you know, right? And up and to the right, keep moving the needle, boys. I mean, look at these people. They're all here. Like, this is our shot, right? This is yeah. our chance. It was the opposite. He's like, no, let's get away. You know, you've probably heard me say this before. What's What's more righteous or spiritual to stick around and do every bit of ministry that's possible to be done
1: Okay.
0: Or get in a boat and row away. Because <laughs> Jesus did both, right? Yeah, you know what I mean? Did. Like he healed people like crazy and they said, and enough, let's go get some rest. Yeah. Because he knew, right? He knew. He was close to his dad's heart and he wanted to make sure that his followers, his brothers, his family, right, were also not getting sucked in. Because look, look at all these crowds. Oh my God, we're not used to having crowds around us, all that, right?
1: You know, and one thing I think super important. To, to really get to the heart of the ministry issue, because I've seen a lot of ministry leaders actually guise their busyness and their burnout in like building the kingdom, serving Jesus, loving the father, love yeah. but I think this is a really important time to to get into the thing behind the thing because yeah. it's really easy in ministry to hide behind ministry and that's yeah. the exhausting thing. But what do you think is this behind the thing? Going on, that so many leaders in the church today are either being bailing or being fired, or questioning or chucking their faith, and even marriages yeah. altogether. Well, okay, a little bit of a long answer
0: to that, but that's it's worth it. Trust me. Uh, so, I a, a quick Google search today showed me that there are millions, man, m- m- millions and millions of articles and websites out there talking about ministry burnout. Really? Yeah. Wow. Millions, man. You're not exaggerating. No, like, no, no, literally no, no, no. Like so many, yeah. right? Okay. Depending on your search term, it could be 50 plus million. Wow. You know what I mean? Right? So, but check out some of these pastor stress statistics, okay, from... From from a really good site called soulshepherding.org. Okay. They're devoted to restoring pastors who are starting to feel like, hey, I'm I am fried and I'm gonna be I don't wanna be a statistic. Right? Sure. So but check these statistics out, okay? Um these this is statistics on pastors ministry stress. 75 percent of pastors report being extremely stressed or highly stressed. Wow. Now wait a minute. Like we're supposed to be l- leading people yeah. and living the best possible life. Imagine Jesus life. But yet those who are fortunate enough to be called to lead, 75% of them are are either extremely stressed or highly stressed. 90% work between 55 to 75 hours per week. That's a lot, man. (laughs) 90% feel fatigued and worn out every week. 70% say they're grossly underpaid, so they're not being well cared for. 40% report a serious conflict with those that they're trying to lead, at least once a month. And that's draining, right? Yeah. (laughs) Um, 78% of of these pastors interviewed were forced to resign from their church, and 63% of them at least twice, most commonly because of church conflict. Gosh. And 80% will not be in ministry 10 years later, and only a fraction make it a lifelong career. Wow. It's just, it's too, it's too tough. So why aren't these pastors overflowing with the love and joy and peace of the Lord in their lives and in their families and in their ministries? know, what is the cause of their emotional problems and moral failures, mm-hmm. right? What's going on? Here's some other stuff. Statistics on pastors, emotional health and their family and their morality. Okay. Okay. Oh, it just gets darker. Hold on. It's going to get better, people. <laughs> it's particularly disturbing to see how much you know, pastors are actually struggling with emotional pain sure. and family problems and loving well and, and dealing with moral failures. Okay. So here's some of the stats on that. 70% of pastors say they have a lower self-esteem now than when they entered into ministry. Oh, Like they're just, their identity is being crushed from a do-to-be lifestyle here. Right. What you do equals your value. And then if not, we'll fire you. Right. Yeah. 70% constantly fight depression. 70%. Holy cow. Do you know how much higher that is than the national average?
1: It's amazing.
0: 50% feel so discouraged that they would leave their ministry if they could, but they, they can't find any other job that they're qualified. 80% believe their pastoral ministry has negatively affected their families. And 33% say that it's an outright hazard.
1: One in every three. It's an it's outright hazard. Hazard to their family. Yeah, but
0: 80% say, no, it's been negative for my family. Ugh. Uh, 80% of ministry spouses feel left out and unappreciated in their churches. 77%, this kills me, man, feel they do not have a good marriage. Huh. So the pastors that, that we're talking about here, and a lot of them that have fallen lately or been fired or just chucked their faith and their families and their marriages and all that, they don't have a good marriage, and, and they're not finding any joy. 38% are divorced or divorcing. Of oh pastors. my gosh. Come on. And 65% feel their family's like living in a glass house, meaning like their whole family is now under the thumb of do to be. So please hear this, okay? This is like, now I'm gonna get to the real answer. Doing ministry that is mandated by God and led and empowered by His Spirit, which is the power that raised Christ from the dead, the Holy Spirit, will never lead to burnout or falling away. Amen. I wanna say it again. Yep. Doing ministry that it's mandated by God and it's led and empowered by the spirit of God will never lead to burnout or falling away.
1: Yeah. You know, yeah. even if you're God, God's a good
0: father. He's not going to set up a system. This is how I want my church to run so that the, the people who've given the most to it are the most fried and fired and, d- d- you know, d- d-
1: families hate them. Kids hate them. Oh, They're not, just,
0: come on. There's no way that's what God's calling people yeah. to.
1: You know, it's crazy. Even as you were just saying those numbers, I've heard stats before, but like there's, the closeness of these numbers. This is not like, oh, yeah, that one pastor in the town three cities away is feeling underappreciated. I mean, these are the touch points are so close, probably even your very own pastor. Oh, yeah. Oh, more than likely. Yeah. I mean, more way like- more than likely. When According to the stats, 70, yeah. Percent, yeah. So it just seems like this burnout or this fallout is something that we see tied to growing ministries. Uh, Not operating out of the spirit, but trying to meet business metrics or uh, grow the institution or hit certain denominational metrics.
0: That's right. We didn't see statistics like this within the church before the church adopted a corporate model, Yep. by the way. You know, like when churches, we didn't have the mega church, We, you know, and we hadn't embarked on the failed, in my opinion, and still failing church growth model. You know, yeah. remember 30, 40 years ago, we got into this whole like church growth model, seeker sensitive and wow, look how cool church is. Yeah. But back then, just to, just to put a little marker on it, about 70 to 85% of Americans, at least, that's where we live, uh, would have said that they were Christians and they were they were connected to a faith community. Now we're running what, in the 20s? 20% yeah. or something. How is that a successful run? Yeah. But that's what's produced all this burnout. Yeah. This whole corporate model of doing life. Now, please don't hear this as we should not do churches. We shouldn't do church services. Sure. The family of God should not come together. No, but what are you chasing? Is God called you to do this? Like is he are you actually making disciples of Jesus with Jesus empowered by his spirit? That's yeah. never going to burn you out. It's all the rest of it in this weird top-down model and people who are in charge of other people, which is lording over in ways that Jesus was so strict about. Don't live that way. Don't do that to people. That's not how my father is. Don't do that to people.
1: That's the thing behind the thing that is leading to all this. Man, you are absolutely right. I even know friends that have recently started churches and before they even get to their launches, they're burnt out. Their their funding's pulled because they're not hitting the metrics that are put on them. And oh. it's like you're killing these. these I talk to these people play- all the time. Yeah, you're killing them before they even launch. Like, we did
0: all the postcards, we mailed them all out. Yeah. Easter just didn't have the numbers with you know that the Denam wanted to see or whatever. And and so it begins and yep. so it starts. Now, there again, I'm not saying that you shouldn't gather, we shouldn't have churches that, that a large family, praise God, of, of believers gathering up and hanging out don't require some form of organization and things like that. But holy moly, we've got some serious rethinking to do when these kind of statistics and just look in the news and just look at, you know, you know who we're talking about, all the people that have either been had to leave or been fired or chucked their marriages, chucked their families. I don't even know if I believe in Jesus anymore. What? This is not producing health at the top level. And guess what? Because, you know, we've been involved in business and ministry always copacetically hand in hand, right? And just like in business... It's the same in ministry. The fish stinks from the head down. Yep. It trickles down. You go to a restaurant and you go like, man, the staff is always so nice. Like they are just the best. Like it's not the best food, but I love being there. Right. Right. You know what, meet the manager, meet the owner. They're, Same way. They're great. Yep. Right. Or you're somewhere going like this place seems to be real, really funded well. And like it's great and the food's great. But man, the staff just seems like they hate their life. Like you shouldn't work here. Like, yep. right? What? Meet the owner, meet the boss, jerks. You know what I mean? Yep. It all runs down. So if if our system of being the church is killing our leaders, mm-hmm. really qualified, well trained, dedicated people to the point of chucking their faith and families? Yeah, I think we something's I think, wrong. Yeah, and you can't yeah. you can't say well, but not in my church. Uh, at these statistics, if it's not yours, it's not yours yet. Yeah, and it's and just it's, a matter. Yeah. And if you've got more than one pastor, you've got at least three. We know one of them's feeling this way. Yeah, or their families are probably two out of three, or their families. Yeah.
1: Are. Whoa,
0: oh man. man, this gets me going. I just feel so bad, and like it's like yeah. we were talking earlier, I f- I have felt close enough to, to to know how it feels, and I've and I've witnessed it in yeah. others, and it, and it breaks your freaking heart. And everybody's like, oh, what can we do? We got to put up higher walls. We gotta. We need more accountability partners. We need more. I'm telling you, there's a systemic thing going on here where we're not doing ministry that Jesus
1: calls us to under His power and strength. Yeah. And to be honest, that's where I was even, you know, a couple of months ago, just hitting the, I, I would, I would definitely be a statistic in many of those camps, just going like marriage isn't great, unhealth, unhealthy, depressed, you know, like it. Oh, I, dude, I put on the face love 30 minutes. I love you so much, brother. Yeah.
0: Your countenance is just yeah. so changed in the last 90 days. <laughs> no, I feel, I feel like <laughs> I'm not joking, man.
1: So, uh, I mean, a question that I just feel compelled to ask is like, what, what would you say to listeners who are, who are in these positions? Feeling on the verge of burnout, or maybe their wives have been, you know, long enough. Like, babe, you've got to, you got to make a change. Or maybe they're already there. How would you encourage people who are feeling trapped, burnt out, uh, done with professional ministry? Hmm. Well, let me break it up. I'll I'll talk
0: practically for a second, and then I'll talk spiritually. Okay, so okay, practically, I, I think you have to pick your lead horse. And what I mean by that is if you're leading in ministry and i know some people are going to say well but i'm not senior pastor and so i don't get to make these decisions uh, well there again if you feel trapped in a role that's only a paycheck then you have a choice to make right but sure. pick your lead horse are, are, is it going to be are you going to be about discipleship or professional ministry activity like moving the needle up and to the right all the time hmm. right like you got to pick your lead horse just like you know some people say like well our church is into both Like, really great show, you know, really putting on that service. Sure. But we're also a missional. I'm like, "Mm, which is your lead horse? Yeah. Which is your lead horse, though? Like You got to decide. Yep. And then, you know, is it discipleship, which is what Jesus called us to and promised to go with us into? So life with Jesus, empowered by Jesus, is that your lead horse? Hmm. Or is your lead horse going to be sustaining the programs and capital campaigns, et cetera, and living up to the wrong people's expectations of you? Hmm. Remember our father in heaven loves us regardless and is the glorious one whose approval matters. And and guess what? We already have it fully. Okay. So which is going to be your horse pulling the cart? In other words, we, we, we get to gather. We want to gather as a family, but is discipleship going to be the horse that pulls the cart. Hmm. And, and if you say, well, but right now I'm in this situation and we have to make some changes to get to where you're talking to, I agree with you. Well, then what are you going to take out of the ministry cart right now Yep. so that you can say, no, our lead horse is, is living with Jesus for what he calls us to making disciples. And we got to start taking stuff out of the cart. We just have to, because it's killing us. You're right?" right, man. Okay. So that's practically speaking. Now, spiritually speaking, and this is really where the rubber hits the road. Honestly, ask yourself. Does the ministry activity you're doing and building right now feel like what you see Jesus doing in the Gospels? Hmm. Does it have that same feel and aroma? Like, oh, man, when I read the Gospels, I just feel like that's exactly how it feels. Yeah. I'm not, you know, like, let's be honest here. Because I'll <laughs> ask this a lot of people. And they'll, sure. their, their church will be so corporate, top-down, never made a disciple. And they'll go like, yep, it's exactly like the Gospels. I'm like, I,
1: which, I don't see it, man. <laughs> which translation are you reading here, you know? <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay. Does it have that same feel and aroma? Hmm. Oh, is the stress you're feeling put on you by the Father or Jesus? Or is it imposed by others? Some sort of a corporate board or maybe yourself? Hmm. I need to look good and achieve things, you know, what might you need to repent of and begin to trust Jesus for meaning even your salary, maybe if you have like, I I can't do this anymore. I've got to trust God and move on. That's what I did. It's what you had to do. And I know it wasn't easy, man. And your dad and your faithful dad and husband. So it it was a tough decision, but you eventually had to come to that point, right? I have to begin to trust Jesus for me, for my kids, for my faith, for my ministry, instead of trying to get smarter and work harder. Yep right? And so much of, so many of us, and I've had to repent of this. I remember literally one time I had to go before the congregation that I pastored and was an elder and had to repent of being too smart for my own good and working really, really hard. Hmm. I said, I've been leading this family out of my smarts. I'm a pretty smart guy. Sure. And working really, really hard. Yep. And that's, that is not what I want to model for you. Jesus has not asked me to do this. Yeah. This has been about me. And it, and I don't like where it's leading. I don't like who it's making me. I don't know if my wife is. I know she wasn't digging it either. And the kids, where's dad? All this stuff, sure. right? And so I had to repent of that. So I want to call people to like really be honest with yourself. Here is is the stuff that's frying you and burning you out. Is is God asking you
1: to do that yeah. stuff,
0: or is it someone else? And you're trying to measure up or look up to, or you're like, I'll suck it up because it's a job. Because let me just say, the worst thing. I think you could have is, is well, I'm only pastoring for the paycheck. Hmm. No one wants a pastor like that. And yep. you like look in the mirror. Do you want to say like, really this sucks so bad, but you know, they pay me. Yeah. It's holy not cow. Out. There's jobs out there. Like <laughs> go get a different one. I like, mean, yeah. there are jobs, right? I mean, holy moly. Now, another thing I'd say, from a, back to a practical thing is if you were saying I'm right there I am not going to chuck it but I am going to start making changes yep. you got to start with your own heart you have to and they're like there again that's soulshepherding.org is, is I think it's legit helpful sure um, they have a sabbatical guide that you can get on uh-huh. how to take and organize a sabbatical so that you can actually assess these kind of things in your own life and heart and and here's the scripture that's going to speak into it and how to pray and the, in other it's not just to go like like Like, hey, I took a sabbatical. What'd you do? I was off and I worked on the garage and I just dreaded going back, you know, like, no, Mm. no, no, no. How to have a sabbatical. So I want to put that in the show notes as well. And then, you know, you can just dig around their site as well for other things. Cause some of you might be at the point where you need to go and meet with them and, you know, and have them help you and then go on your retreat or whatever. But like, please don't just, I know so many people living right now, uh, listening right now, are feeling this burnout and feeling so close to the edge. And so many of those statistics are them. Yep. And they, But they don't want to bail. And and they don't really want to give up and just, I'm going to go work for the Home Depot. At least I'll be a little less stressed. You know, <laughs> like, or like then, then do something about it. Like don't just assume it'll somehow fix itself because the system won't. Yeah. The system that was never what Jesus calls us to will never somehow fix itself because <laughs> yep. it's run by us, not him. And and I know these are strong words today, but please don't, don't be another statistic.
1: Please, please don't get some help. And let me just say from experience, man, it's, it's, it's not worth it. Like if, if you're, if your family and your friends are going, we love you and something's not right and you either got to make a change or get out, like. You're right, you you know, it's, it's just not hey, worth sticking listen, in there.
0: if the goal of our whole lives and we were created in the image of God to bear his image and fill the world with what he's like and we're fried and losing our marriages and, and hate our lives, then we're not fulfilling that. Because yep. everybody's watching us going, hey, that's the pastor in the neighborhood and, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, don't want that life. Screaming at the kids, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's just even from that, like, an, you know, an evangelistic
1: point uh, aspect, I mean, Um, it, you don't want it. Just, yeah, yeah. it's not. (laughs) I I thank you for your, your pastoral heart in this Caesar and the way you were sharing. And I think it is freeing that, that Jesus does not burn us out. It's, it's the demands of, of other things. And and we want to get to the big three, which are the three takeaways that if, if nothing else from this episode that we want you to leave with.
0: You can always get a Free download of the Big Three as a PDF by going to everydaydisciple.com forward slash Big Three. Caesar, what are the Big Three for this week? Okay. That was, I know, I, I felt like I was preaching almost there. I was like really amped. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good. Um, praise God. We get to do ministry and we love it. Mm-hmm. We love it. Like, love it. It's
1: fun. Yeah, it's absolutely the most
0: fun I've ever had in my life. Anyway, so first thing, Big Three, ministry that's ordained by God, led and empowered by the Spirit of God. Mm-hmm will never lead to burnout or falling away. Amen. It just won't. Yeah. God, will just. it's not how dad is. If you see the church as a building or a corporate structure and a series of endless programs, you're missing the beauty of living out your true gospel identity Hmm. as a dearly loved child of God and part of his forever family. Remember, the only mission that Jesus gave the church, that's us, is to be and make disciples. And he promised to never leave us or forsake us And his calling will never destroy our souls or our families or our lives. Yeah. And he gives the
1: ones he loves to rest, right? Like this is, yeah, he's a
0: kind father. Don't miss it. All right, number two. uh, We must believe that the only opinion of us and our ministry achievements that matters is God's. And we already have his full love and approval regardless. Amen. So if you're feeling burned or you feel like, oh man, I am stuck in a system that's not even, I don't think what God's calling us to, there's no condemnation from dad. Jesus' life, death, and resurrection has already secured the father's full approval for you. Hmm. Now we get to live on mission with Jesus, empowered by Jesus, trusting him for the results and all of our needs and our provisions along the way. God will never call us to something that he himself has not already provided for. Like, please don't miss that. Yeah. God has will never call us to something that he is not going to provide for. So if he's calling you to move on or change the way you do ministry or take a whole bunch of stuff out of the cart, and you're like, yeah, but then uh, this and that and this ramification or this income level, God, if he's calling you to you to it, he's calling us all to his life, will never not provide. Amen. Okay, third, if you're secretly burned out or living in isolation due to fear or hidden sin in your life, Find at least one trusted friend you can be honest with, like today. Okay. Today. Yeah. Because you're just your soul rot is, is and and you're just we're opening up so many doors to the enemy. Don't keep pushing through in silence thinking you'll be your own savior eventually. Right. I'm gonna I'm gonna sort this. I'm gonna eventually get there. Doesn't no, you work. won't. Yeah. It won't. Be honest with your family about how you're feeling. Seek to take a break or a sabbatical as soon as you can, or or like right away, seek some professional help. From those experiencing this type of help and heart restoration, and if you've already tried all this, like you dude I've taken the sabbaticals, I've gone, I flew out to this special thing, all this, and you still feel like you're drowning, I suggest you take a break from being professional ministry, you know, yeah. person for a season or maybe for good, because you'll you're you're never gonna truly lead others further and to a healthier, more mature
1: place than you are. Yep.
0: So quit pretending.
1: Okay. And I just want to offer too, and I, I'm sure you, we haven't talked about this beforehand, but. I'm already. I'm already getting people on like through the Facebook group and stuff that have reached out, gone, "Hey, I need to pick your brain on this," and I'm I'm hurting here. How did you make the leap? Yeah, and I want to say I think you and I are both completely available. If you want to reach out and you don't have anyone you can talk to, like you and I, I mean, reach out to us either Facebook or email us. And literally, I mean, you know this. We I talk to people all day (laughs) about all kinds of stuff. I
0: will. Jump on a phone call with you or a yeah. Zoom call or something, and so will Heath. And
1: like we're here for you. And don't just keep slagging along and hating your life. And yeah, yeah and don't think you can do it alone. It happens a lot faster. I mean, that soul rot you were talking about—that that's not a slow burn. That is a that is a flash paper. It goes quick. It, it
0: can be, and we find yeah. ourselves doing things that have just up ruined our families, ruined our careers, ruined our whole lives. And like I don't want. Ugh, we don't that's need any more like of that it. for yeah. anybody, much less within our family here, the
1: church. And again, we want to make ourselves available. So if you're in this position and you, and you really have no one else to reach out to and you need a safe place to go, feel free to contact Caesar or Please. I. Yeah. Uh, we'd love to help you out. Please do that. Uh, next week is going to be a, another touchy subject because... <laughs> Where are we is, going here? I, I know. I, Hot button. <laughs> yeah. We're going to talk about gun violence and gun control and what our Christian response might be in light of the gospel. Okay. Well, that's it for today. I'll talk to you soon.